You found it! A Scoop of Life is a podcast produced by Square One World Media and features Cheryl Coop as host and storyteller. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the podcast called A Scoop of Life. My name is Cheryl Coop, and I'm thankful that you have taken time to listen. This podcast is a mix of one of my personal stories, sometimes a funny one and sometimes a more serious one, together with music from Canadian musicians, and then concludes with a brief spiritual insight. I hope that as you listen, you not only enjoy it, but sense God's deep love for you and how your story can intersect with his. And now, enjoy the show. The title of this episode is Rails and Races. When you see the home of someone you love, you can learn so much more about them. After my first trip overseas in 1986, I put together a long bucket list of all the places in the world that I would like to travel to. High on the list was the country where my parents were born and lived for the first portion of their lives. Whether that would become a reality or not was in question due to the political turmoil of the country. However, a window opened several months before my 40th birthday to visit the country with ease. Although visas were required, they were much easier to obtain, and so planning began as soon as I got this news. My parents were storytellers, and since a very young age, the stories of their childhood and youth in their birth country held my attention and put a desire in me to see where they were from. At the time of their childhood, they were both from Russia. However, when the borders changed due to the Iron Curtain coming down, my parents' homeland was now Ukraine. My father had grown up on the eastern side of the country and my mother on the Crimean Peninsula near the Black Sea. As the days came closer to my departure, I could hardly contain my excitement at seeing their homeland. They were nervous for me, as their last memories of the country had been so bittersweet, as both of them had left during times of war. Since Russian and Ukrainian were not languages I was fluent in, my cousin-aunt agreed to come along for the five-week backpacking adventure trip and be my translator. Did I mention that she was 72 years of age? As tiny as a sixth grader, yet more agile than I? True that. Did I mention that she secured a backpack from her great-niece, so we both would be traveling with backpacks? She was such a keener. She had been traveling to and from Russia and Ukraine for several years, volunteering as a nurse at children's camps scattered throughout both countries. As a result, she had made many friends and was eager to see them, as well as help me move around with relative ease so that I could see as much as possible while on that side of the world. After meeting in London, England, we were off to our first destination, Kiev, the beautiful capital city of Ukraine. It was so exciting to be there, I had to pinch myself. After a few days in Kiev, we took the train and made our way to Melitopol, the home of my aunt's friends who graciously allowed us to make that our home base while exploring the rest of the country. This city was so unique and nothing like I had seen in my travels to date. Especially the way multiple housing was constructed, it was very utilitarian and little else. 
Thankfully, the family we stayed with had their own home and a backyard full of fruit trees, making for a cheerful home stay. We spent a little over two weeks in their home, taking trips both to the Crimean Peninsula to see where my mom had lived and to Malachna on the east of the country where my dad had lived. It was late spring as we traveled about, and the beauty of the country was stunning. Fields and fields of red poppies, purple violets and white daisies dotted the landscape as far as the eye could see. The Ural Mountains stood tall in the background, and in time we could put our toes in the Black Sea. Walking through my mom's home, now the town library, and being able to take a little bit of her home's foundation with me, as it was made from crushed shells, felt surreal. Walking down the street of the town, knowing my mom had walked there years earlier, was quite emotional, and became even more so when we met an old woman who remembered my mom and her family and had been friends of one of my uncles, my mom's oldest brother, who had died in a concentration camp. To say that both joy and sorrow were mingled together as I spent time in my mom's hometown is an understatement. Later, as we visited the hospital where my father had been born and saw the villages where he had spent the first 14 years of his life, there were many more moments of joy and sorrow once again. I could write a book about that portion of the trip, for so many things happened that were surreal and gave me such a deeper understanding of who my parents were and how their homeland had shaped them. Since I still had first cousins living in Russia, both in Moscow and southwest from the city, our next few weeks were going to be spent in Russia, visiting them and seeing the sights of Moscow, St. Petersburg, and several places in between. I felt like we were in the movie Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, as we took such a wide variety of modes of transportation to get from one place to another. One long train ride was required to get us from point A to point B in Russia. We bought tickets and waited at the tiny village's train station into the night, as that was when the train was to arrive and then we could board it. There was absolutely nothing to do in this village but wait and wait and wait. Finally, close to midnight, we could hear the whistle of the train and knew we had to be ready for the stop would be short. We were the only two getting on and were told we had to get on quickly as the train personnel were not known as patient. As we saw the train approach, we dismounted our backpacks, had them in hand, and waited for the train to stop so we could board. Hmm, it seemed the train was not stopping, just slowing down. I asked Aunt to ask the man standing at the open door of the train when it would stop and he responded that there would be no stopping, just slowing, and we should start running to get on the train. So we started running with backpacks in hand. The man grabbed each of our backpacks, threw it onto the train platform, and then grabbed my tiny aunt and hauled her up to the platform. Then he looked at me and motioned for me to keep running, and he would try to grab me and lift me onto the train. What a sight I was, running beside the train and inwardly panicking that perhaps my aunt and backpack were going to make their way to Moscow, and I would not. The man was yelling at me in Russian, my aunt in English, and I was running. Finally, when I felt my legs would not take me any further, I was able to get just under the man's hand to grab it. I reached up, and with both of his hands, he grabbed me and hauled me up 
enough to get my feet onto the bottom ladder rung underneath him. Once on the rung, I clung to the man for dear life. He continued to yell, my aunt translated, and finally, with the help of both he and my aunt, I got to the platform of the train, collapsed on the floor, and sighed many breaths of relief that I was on the train together with my aunt and our backpacks. Then, out of sheer exhaustion and relief, my aunt and I started to giggle and giggle and giggle. Our giggles turned into heartfelt laughter, and there we were, the two of us sitting on the train platform, laughing until we cried, while the man stared at us in confusion. However, our laughter finally cracked his armor, and he joined us in the laughter, moving his hands and feet to reenact the bizarre scene that we all had just been a part of. We finally made our way to some seats on the train and continued to laugh for a long time. Every time the man would walk by, he would smile at us and just shake his head. This race along the train to continue our adventure reminded me of the stories my mom told of running alongside trains, being on trains, and then jumping off trains to avoid the bombs being dropped on them. Trains were a major part of my mom's story of fleeing her homeland. And now here I was, so many, many years later, with a train story of my own. However, it was not a fleeing story, it was a funny story. Wow, how different my memories of rails and races in Russia were than my mom's memories. The song Eventide is a prayer that asks for God to protect us and keep us from harm so that we will not cause others pain. It is fitting for this story as God protected both my mom and I as we rode trains in her homeland. Please enjoy this prayer song by Steve Bell, a friend and former colleague of mine who I thank for allowing me to use his music on the show. Protect 
Keep me from wrong, this I pray that I may die. Cause pain that I. How do you tell people around the world about Jesus? Coming from a nursing background where she always related to people one-on-one, Irene Marsh loves the way radio reaches so many people at once, particularly those she would never meet with conventional nursing. Those who have nowhere to go, those who don't have the courage to come to a clinic, they can always listen to the radio. To help us spread the gospel, visit squareoneworldmedia.com. My parents' stories of life in their homeland were very different from one another. However, although their stories were so different, my parents both embraced a relationship with Jesus Christ at young ages and continued to embrace this faith relationship until they died in old age. Being in their homeland and seeing parts of their life there was something I hope never to forget. Being aware of God's care, both for them and for me in their homeland, I also hope never to forget. Here are some verses from the Bible about God's care I want to share with you. First, from the book of Luke, chapter 12, verses 27 to 32 in the New Living Translation, and they read, Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for flowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? And don't be concerned about what to eat and what to drink. Don't worry about such things. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers all over the world. But your Father already knows your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else, and he will give you everything you need. So don't be afraid, little flock, for it gives your father great happiness to give you the kingdom. And then from the book of 1 Peter, chapter 5, verse 7, it says, Give all your worries and cares to God, for he cares about you. Thanks for listening, and I hope you will let me know not only what you think of the show, but also something that may have resonated with you, made you laugh, or encouraged you. You can contact me via the website www.ascoopoflife.com or on Facebook or Instagram under A Scoop of Life. However, let me spell that for you, because you may think S-C-O-O-P, like an ice cream, but it is www.askoopoflife dot com, like in my nickname, Scoop. I would love to hear from you. My team here at Square One World Media and I enjoyed producing this episode, and I hope you will come back and listen to more episodes as they are loaded on www.ascoopoflife.com. dot